welcome to Uphill Conversations. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host, Tim Pecoraro. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello there and welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim Pecoraro, and I am glad you could join me as you are living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So here we are at episode 14, and I'm really excited about this episode this week. But before we get into that, let me just tell you what's been going on. Um, Just been rocking and rolling and enjoying um, some of these great interviews with wonderful people, learning more and more every day. I love being a life learner, and... uh, There's some great people out there, as uh, most of you know. If you take the time, you can really discover uh, what this great world has to offer uh, in in meeting people, talking with them, hearing their stories, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So what I've been doing is putting together some great new resources that I can't wait to share with you, the audience, in the future and uh, for the rest of the world as I'm making uh, my impact and my mark on this world, which I do want to make a huge one. I'm talking massive, massive uh, impact. But I want to tell you about a couple of them or several, whichever way you feel is uh, the proper way to say it. But one is uh, for those that are looking for strategies uh, to take massive action. I'm doing a jumpstart little offering, and then I'll also have a um, one that's a little bit longer and more of a deep dive and intensive. The second thing I'm doing, and I can't wait for this, this is coming up. I'll be doing a co-host episode and hopefully I'll be doing regular ones like this with um, Regan Hillier. She and I have been able to connect and it's really going really well. And we are going to just do an episode or tackling more on the mindset. And we're going to have some fun with that because uh, we both believe that people can be more, do more and have more and can make a massive impact as long as they take massive action. And then thirdly, um, I am working on a training course that will enrich people's thinking, help them to enrich their thinking, help them to be more more decisive and focus their efforts for the results that they want. So I'm really looking forward to getting all of that completed. So I have my work cut out for me and it's coming up on holiday seasons and hopefully I will be able to use that time take full advantage of that time that'll be there as things kind of slow down and people kind of get into more of the slow down mode and people mode and focusing on others mode. Um, Also, if you would please continue to download the show, it's going great. And I'm so appreciative of all of you who have taken the time to check out the show, listen to it, and the downloads are going so, so well. And most importantly, would you rate and review the show? So a lot of downloads are happening, but I would love some rates and reviews. You can go to iTunes if you go under the podcast section of iTunes or where you are subscribed already. If you would choose Uphill Conversations or select, type in the search window, Uphill Conversations, and give a rate and review. Also on Stitcher, stitcher stitcher.com, in the search window, you put in Uphill Conversations, and there it is. And once again, rate and review the show. Uh, The website is always there. I will be 
doing some add-ons, some blogging and some other stuff going on the website, but you can subscribe to the show from there. You can connect with me there as well as I have a new button on there for if you know someone that would be a great guest, uh, click on that link, be a guest on Uphill Conversations. I'm looking for people uh, that have something to share that will help others, that they could be a ride along for others and be fuel for their journey towards their emerging future. And if you just want to connect with me, period, you can just go to your email, whichever one you're using, and just send me an email at connect at uphillconversations.co, not .com. Connect at uphillconversations.co. And in the subject line, just be clear. Hey, if it's a question, give me a question. If you want to share something, share. If it's a story, great. However you want to reach out, please, by all means, do so. And always remember that the website is uphillconversations.co and not.com as well. So today my guest is Bob Berg. He's a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former U.S. president. And we are in that presidential season, and he should be talking to those candidates. That would be great. Um, Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence with a total book sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, has sold over half a million copies and it has been translated into 21 languages. So Bob and I have a great conversation. The one thing is, is we're not just talking about his book. We are talking with a guy that is very transparent. He's very authentic. And this is great information uh, from the heart that I believe you will enjoy. So without any further delay, let's jump into this conversation with Bob Burt. Welcome to Uphill Conversations, and this is Tim Pegraro, your host with Mr. Bob Berg. Bob, how are you today? I'm great, Tim. How about you? I'm doing very well, very well, thank you. And um, how is uh, how is the world that you're in currently? It's going very well and continues to get better. <laughs> and I appreciate that very much, which doesn't mean everything is always rosy all the time because that's not a, uh, an accurate assessment of life, but it does mean that we can control how we respond to situations and always be doing our best. Well, that, that's a perfect answer because that leads right into <laughs> a question. Uh, you, a couple of my guests, you guys are like, great. It's almost like you're, you've got some kind of subliminal thing happening, but um, <laughs> it's responding, you know, um, and how people respond, you know, I, uh, I'm really trying to help people with owning themselves, um, and really having, I know, uh, Chris, um, Brogan is big into the owner's mind and owner's media group, oh, yeah, but just owning cool. yourself, your thoughts, your actions and your decisions, um, and, and responding. And I know in your book, the go giver, I mean, to me, that is an amazing book that teaches people how to respond versus react and how to invest and to take on a whole new way of looking at life and what it is that they actually do. But people respond, um, just so oddly and so weirdly a lot to what they cannot control. Um, with that being in mind, um, what have you learned about being better at responding to things, the yeses, the noes, um, the gosh, that didn't work, this worked, and how come it didn't work again? Um, what, what have you learned from that? How have you gotten better with your responses? Well, before I could 
really recognize any kind of significant level of success personally and professionally, I, I needed to let go of the idea that I was general manager of the universe. Because the fact is, there's a lot we cannot control. And what I needed to learn how to do, and it took me a lot longer than I, you know, than I wish it had to learn it, but uh, I, I really needed to, to learn and come to grips with, not just intellectually, but on a heart level, that, uh, hey, you know, you were in charge of certain things. You were in charge of the actions you took. You were in charge of how you responded. You were in charge of that. But, but you, you weren't in control of other people. You weren't in control of other people's decisions. You weren't in control of what was going to happen just because life does happen. And to the degree, I believe, that you can lose the attachment to that, that's the degree that you create the environment where you're able to thrive. In other words, it's not that you don't have positive expectations or, or great, fantastic expectations. I would hope we all do. But, but you do so without attachment to the result, without an emotional attachment to it. In other words, if something doesn't go your way or as you would like it to go, it, it's, not, uh, it's not making yourself miserable because of it. Mm. And that's very easy to do. It right. can be very easy to do. So I think when, and, and the, the paradox is to the degree that you let go of that attachment, that's the degree that more things do end up going your way. Mm. And therein lies the struggle because most people, uh, it's kind of like Linus, uh, isn't it Linus with the blanket? He kind of yeah. holds on to it. Why, right. why, do you, why do you think, what gives people... Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't even think it's a, what gives them the false sense of security to hold on to that, that negative thing or becoming so attached to what didn't go right? Well, I think when we know something, we, we do get attached to that. Uh, look at how many times people work for, for someone uh, or they just work in a situation that they just, they can't stand, but they don't, uh, they don't choose to make a change. Because at least they know what they're dealing with here, right? Right. They right. don't know what we're dealing with the with the uh, with the with the new situation. So you know, it's a it's a human thing. It's part of human nature. I can practically guarantee you, it all goes back to the cave person days, right? Where where every day was a matter of of survival. Literally, it was a matter of life and death. Every day was a struggle to survive. And so we know that the you know the amygdala part of the brain. Its sole purpose is to to ensure our life, to ensure our survival. Mm. And so, what happens is it's going to protect us, and, and that that part's good. But because we don't have that same uh, struggle for survival on a, on a physical level every day like we used to, uh, it also causes us to do things that are counterproductive to our success, to our happiness, to our uh, to our productivity. Wow, that's that's great. I love that. Um, you know, in speaking of the struggle to survive, how do you coach people to reinvest that effort or that energy um, into the into the pursuit of thriving or to see the physical equivalent of things that they desire? Well, I think it's always a matter of of helping them to discover, or or let's say in discovering 
what it is they really want, need, or desire. Now, this is a lot like sales when right. you think about it, right? Right. Uh, what is selling? You know, selling is not trying to sell somebody something they don't want, right? That's right. not being a salesperson. That's being a con artist. Uh, selling by by definition is simply discovering what the other person wants, needs, or desires and helping them to get it. Well, it's the same when helping sell someone, if you will, on why they should take a different action than they're taking right now. Mm. We need to ask questions and discover what it is they're really looking to accomplish, what it is that they want, not what we want or think they should have or not what their family does or other people in their life or society. It's what they want. Now, once they understand and 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 uh, and they really know, again, on a heart level, why it's important for them to go after this, only then are they in a position to take those, that next step. Mm, mm. So discovery of self, um, I mean, obviously is paramount in this picture. It, it really is. And as a coach or mentor or friend or what have you, you're helping them to discover what, you know, what, what they might intuitively know, but it hasn't kind of gotten to that point where they really grasp it. Wow. You know, as human beings, we're, we're emotionally involved with ourselves. And sometimes it's hard to, to cut through all that. And, uh, and, and that's why sometimes having another person there is helpful. So would you say that requires just a, I mean, obviously there's going to have to be an amount of brutal honesty with yourself, um, a willingness to be transparent. And, um, I, you know, I guess, well, I don't guess, but you have to be authentic there. Um, how do you draw those things out? You know, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful question. I mean, you, you, you can't draw something out of someone when they don't want it to be drawn out of them. So it, it's typically a matter of, of ensuring that you're working with someone who wants to, to do that or who is willing to do that kind of work. Mm. Not everyone is. And you've got to, and when that's the case, uh, you know, you love them where they're at and you let them know you're there for them when they're ready. Um, and every so often you can, you know, provide a reminder, but they've got to, to be ready to, to do that work and to, to be, uh, hard on themselves. If, if you will to, you know, if you're hard on them, that's probably not going to be productive, if, <laughs> right. right? But if they are willing to be hard on themselves, if, if that's what it takes, then there, it's going to be a lot more successful. Right. I've had those experiences in coaching situations where it's kind of like the cat resisting going into the water, even though he's exactly. filthy dirty. Right. Exactly. He'll do anything not to get into that water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, let me ask you about value um, in, in The Go-Giver. I love, once again, I love the book and I try to pass it on to as many people as possible. Um, in, uh, the, you know, the five laws of stratospheric success. Um, I just love the, just all throughout it, it, it still all relates to value. And I still mm -hmm. believe it's going to boil down to what do you believe about yourself and your potential? How would you speak into that a little bit more for those who haven't read the book and those who have, but just the belief about themselves, the value they have and about the fact that potential is what is within them and everything else is just the opportunity. How, how could you uh, maybe unpack that a little bit mm -hmm. if I'm being clear enough? Okay. Well, yes, you are. And value in the economic sense first, and let's take it there and then we'll, when, then we'll move it over so we can, so we can uh, put it in a, a personal perspective. 
Um, value is simply the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. So it's different from price, in which price is a dollar figure. Uh, it's finite. It is what it is. Um, value is, um, while it can be both concrete and conceptual, it is basically uh, in the eyes of the beholder. It's what someone thinks it is. Okay? So this also has to do with, is with how we value ourselves. Um, one of the one of the laws in the book is the law of authenticity. And you were talking earlier about the importance of being authentic with ourselves. And the law itself says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Uh, in the story, Deborah, one of the, uh, one of the characters shared a, a lesson she learned early in her sales career that, that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they all are, and they all are very, very important, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core. Mm. Now, it's also true in the way we see ourselves, okay, that we've got to be authentic uh, and, and we've got to recognize something about ourselves because I believe that as human beings, we all have two types of, of value, okay? We have intrinsic value, and that is simply the value we bring with us just by being a human being, okay? We all, we all bring value to the table. We also have, and again, we'll first place this in the, in the sales context or the business context, we also have what I call market value. Right. And I define market value as that combination of strengths, traits, talents, and characteristics that allow you to bring value to the marketplace, value to others in such a way that you will be compensated for it. Well, on a personal level, we have to understand the market value we provide to ourselves, okay? Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, that is a, a, an accounting of or an understanding of our strengths, our traits, our talents, our characteristics that makes us feel good about ourselves that makes us feel like a, a human being of value uh, and makes us feel as though we bring something to the world, that we bring it to our, ourselves. We are the beholder in this case. And um, now, I, I, you know, I talked about strengths. We are, are also, of course, have to know our weaknesses. Mm. Uh, there are different types of weaknesses. I believe they can be grouped into three categories. There are those that are really no big deal and and we we don't we 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 don't really need to do anything about it uh a personal example i am not good at running long distances that is a weakness of mine now i'm also 58 years old and with absolutely no desire to run a marathon okay, <laughs> unless so being I, chased by a dog <laughs> right so i am not working on on that right that's a right that's a weakness i i get it i i here but I'm not working on it. I don't care. Okay. Now there are also the weaknesses, the, the second type that we need to mitigate. Okay. Uh, for example, again, I'll use a personal uh, example. I am a uh, junk food junkie. I could, I could subsist on or subsist on, on, uh, or exist on, on pizza and uh, uh, hot fudge sundaes and all the other good stuff. That's not good for us. Okay. Now, at, uh, again, at, at 58 and from about the time I was 30, 
you know, I would put on a lot of weight and be very out of condition and out of shape and unhealthy and so forth if I was to just let myself go and ignore that. I cannot do that and live a happy, successful, fulfilled life. Uh, so while I'm not a, a, you know, a health fanatic, I certainly mitigate that weakness. I have a trainer. She comes in six mornings a week, so I'm accountable. I know she's going to be there at 630 every morning. She's going to show up right here. Uh, we do cardio three days a week and strength training three days a week. She also prepares all my meals in advance, so I know what I can have and what I can't. I don't have yeah, candy bars and Oreos and all sorts of fun stuff in the house. Okay, so I create an environment where I can mitigate my, you know, cravings for my, my inclination, my weakness for junk food. Right. And then there is the third type of weakness. And this is the type that we actually do have to work on and turn into a strength. Because if we don't do that, then we never can be uh, nearly as successful as we potentially could be. Uh, I had several things in this case. I had you know, a very big anger problem uh, earlier in my life. Hmm. And I, I knew that I needed to, that, you know, I would hold grudges and I, I would just, uh, it, was not a, it was not a productive part of my life. And I, I finally realized that if I wanted to, to be able to be a certain type of person, I needed to change. And I went to work on that. And I was also someone who gossiped a lot. I you know, talk negatively about people. That was something, again, I had to change uh, the way I handled my money. I had, to, I had to change. So one thing that helped me in that area was reading the book, um, The Autobiography by Benjamin Franklin, in which he talked about 13 character traits that he himself uh, knew he needed to, to work on and turn into strengths. And I used his system and uh, it, it really worked for me big time and took, took some areas that were real weaknesses for me and turned them into strength. So, again, we don't need to do that with, with many things. Uh, you know, and again, we want to focus on our strength. We want to lead with our strengths. That's how we're able to, to show up authentically, by leading with our strengths. But we also have to need to be aware of our, our you know, weaknesses as well, and we need to be honest about ourselves about those. Wow. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for being so open. Uh, uh, that is transparent and authentic. <laughs> no, well, thank you. Talking about uh, where you've been, most people, you know, they they kind of keep that stuff on the back burner, and um, and that's why I like the guests that I've had. They're they're they share you know actionable stuff, but it's real, and they're telling a real story, and they make themselves you know vulnerable. And uh, what I love is. I can tell you're past it because you can talk about it. And that's what I, where a lot of people get hung up is, you know, someone say, ah, oh, I'm not worried about that, but yet they can't discuss it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, but you know, so they supposedly have gotten past that, but they mm -hmm. obviously haven't. Um, let me ask you about, um, you know, momentum, um, you know, in, in, in understanding that, you know, a person, as you said, there's two types, you know, you've got selling, you know, there is the selling and the purpose of selling and why you sell, but also understanding your own value as, you know, you go out into the world every day you're selling every single day when you meet a person, you're selling and it's got to be the true and genuine and real individual. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so when it comes to that, how do you encourage people or help them 
to just be comfortable in their own skin. I mean, they've got to start somewhere because a lot of people could hear a lot of the things that she said, make a big list, and it can feel insurmountable. What are some simple steps to work on uh, increasing that value in themselves, um, understanding they le- they need to lead with their strengths. There are going to be weaknesses, some that don't matter, others that you mitigate, and the other ones that you have to really work at. How can you help people just take some steps? Uh, I think, again, it always begins with the first step of understanding the importance of doing that, because if we don't understand why something's important to do or why something's important to change, we're simply not going to be able to do it. You know, okay. you, you, you're right. You, we can't cure anything when we don't know what the, what the sickness is, if you will. Um, and that's why diagnosis <laughs> is, is so important for right. a doctor, right? To, right. Um, so, but once we know, then we, you know, we, we take steps. We learn a system for, for doing something. So if there's something that we want to overcome, let's say, for example, that, that gratitude is an area. And again, this was one for me, you know, what, uh, that, I, that I had to work on. Uh, being able to focus on what's good about things as a, and living in gratitude and appreciation as opposed to uh, living without it and always seeing the negative of something, the, you know, the glass half empty side of things. Well, if that's something that you know you need to work on, find a system for overcoming that. And there's certainly plenty of great books out there, you know, on happiness and gratitude. And, and uh, Kevin Clayson has a great new book out on gratitude now. And there's, there's a lot of fantastic books on, on the topic. So start to study them, learn them, discuss them with people, start to, you know, to, to live that. Uh, and as you do that and you start living in gratitude, you're going to feel a lot more comfortable. You're going to feel a lot more happy. You're going to feel a lot better about yourself. You're going to be as you, as I uh, like how you put it more comfortable in your own skin. Hmm. So, you know, start, so learn, decide what it is you, you need to do. Uh, learn the system for it. It's out there. Someone's already written a book about it or is speaking on it or there's YouTube videos on it uh, or, you know, bring on a coach or someone who, you know, whatever it is you do. And then uh, start applying the information right away as well. That's also so very important to to to, to begin applying it. And then uh, stay persistent with it and, and consistent. You, I think you were talking about consistency or momentum. If you want to build momentum, you've got to stay consistent with something in order for that momentum to kick in. Once it does, now you know you're on your way. That's really good. Yeah, it's like I tell people that this this it's the deficiencies that can lead to dysfunction. So you know, if you're if you're iron deficient, you know, obviously there's something that you have to apply to mm. get rid of that deficiency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a child; it's going to grow anyways. But it it so it could be deficient in something, but over time, as the child grows, he's still going to grow. But then the, the deficiency can ultimately become a dysfunction. And so a lot of people don't understand that they they're is a remedy that they can pursue. And that's what I hear you saying is, you know, you're going to have to be resourceful and you can, and obviously you, I mean, there's so many resources available to us. It's not like it's going to break the bank for you to improve yourself, you know, right, right. you, you know what I mean? I think the only bank it's going to break is the bank of your own ego mm-hmm. <laughs> and your pride to say, you know what, I really need to do this. And that leads me to this, you know, when it comes to desire, I feel like it's kind of like a burden as well. People say, I got a burden for this and a burden for that. And then I don't see any action. Right. And I say, well, what good is the burden if there's no weight, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with desire. There needs to be a demand 
uh, that that presses upon that desire in order for something actionable to happen. Um, you know, if I had a uh, icing tube and I was going to do a cake, I can have all the tube and the icing in the world, but nothing's going to come out until I squeeze it, you know? Mm. Um, so with people um, and, and just getting, getting that momentum in, in that action and getting that flow and in all of that activity, um, what would you say to them to avoid as they're growing, not to overdo it? Because what happens is once people get a taste of momentum, it's almost like everything, every shiny little thing that appears to them, they start to get a hold of. You know what I mean? Sometimes they're, in other words, their attention goes the wrong way. They make a little money, they spend too much. You know, they they get one deal, so they keep going and getting more deals, and then they're not servicing the ones that they've sold. So in other words, they just get going momentum they get the momentum, but mm-hmm. they're leaving behind what got them there. How do you, how do you help people guard against that? Like keeping first things first? Sure. Well, again, beginning with mindfulness and, and understanding why in advance and how in advance that this could happen. Um, you know, that's why you get so many uh, young professional athletes, right? Making so much money and they end up, you know, somehow owing millions of dollars, even though they've made millions of dollars, right. right? Well, a lot of that is not having the understanding, the expectation of, you know, of what's going to happen once they have this money. So, uh, so wherever you are, wherever you're starting from, you know, I think, I think your, your great advice was, was in the question itself. And that is, have an understanding beforehand of what the results are going to be or, or what the, um, uh, not consequences, but, but I'm not, I'm not saying this right way, but what some of the manifestations of this, of this success are going to be. Hmm. So in other words, if, if let's say it's to bring more customers in, okay, so you, you, you learn how to do that. And, but you know, in advance that once you bring X amount of customers in, there's going to now be some choices you have to make that you're going to have to, to invest more time on servicing those that you've, you've helped own. So that's going to maybe take a little bit of time away, or are you able to somehow, you know, leverage yourself in some way by bringing someone on, or are you able to, but again, if you know in advance what the situation is going to entail, or even have a general principle-based idea of it, you can always make the decisions in advance. You know, that. The most difficult decision to make is the one that you didn't expect. Hmm. And so that's why it's it's so important to have a principal base in everything you do, right? I mean, obviously, uh, if you have a principal base, you're going to make what seems like a an immediate decision based on that, that principle. Right. Now, it might be a principle of character that we're talking about, but it also might be a principle of operations. Right, right. Hmm. So to the degree that we can prepare for that in advance, that's the degree that when it happens, we're going to know how to handle it. Wow. That's so good. <laughs> very, very good. Um, uh, how do you, how do you keep yourself intentional about doing the things that you do? You know, I think it's, it's at this point, just that I, I kind of know what I want to do and what I don't want to do. So it's become easier for me now. Uh, and again, I, it might be a matter of age. You know, the older I get, you know, the more I, I kind of know what I want to do, what I'm willing to do and what I need to say no to. And it, it, it gets easier, I think, as time goes on. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. And um, let me ask you, what keeps you from quitting? Uh, that I love what I do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's a, it's an honor and a joy to, to do what I do. So I, I can't even, even think of doing something, you know, it's like, it's like when someone says, you know, why don't you take a vacation somewhere? And it's not, by the way, I'm, I'm in no way am I a workaholic. I'm absolutely not. I just happen to enjoy what I do. But when someone says, you know, why don't you go somewhere, you go on vacation, take some time off and, you know, well, what would I do that's any different? Right. You know, <laughs> and so, cause You'd I end up I, being on the beach and talking to someone about something. <laughs> yeah. And so, so it's easy at this point for me to not, not want to quit. The, the question is, what about when things aren't as you want them to be? What about when you're starting out? And what about when you, or have maybe had some success, but then you go backwards? And that certainly happened to me. And what I needed to do was really keep my why in front of me mm. and know why I was doing it. Mm. And, you know, had to, had to know. And this is sometimes where we where I think in the, in the personal development industry, if you will, right. that we're all a part of, um, there's something I call uh, personal development political correctness. Mm-hmm. And that's when we, we say things like, well, you know, when things are going bad, embrace it. That's a good thing because we're going <laughs> to grow from it and we're going to this. And that. You know what? I hate when things go bad. <laughs> yeah. I always hated when things go bad and when things went bad. And so, so I don't think that we need to embrace it and enjoy it. I think we just need to deal with it and we need to know it's part of life. And we need to know that, yes, we will get through this and we will look back on it and maybe even be glad that it did happen because we did grow from it. But I think that's a lot different from saying, oh, I'm so glad that this is, you know, that I don't know if I'm going to be able to meet payroll, uh, you know, tomorrow. You know, I so I think we need to look at that realistically too. Right, and it's it's and it's a point of view that you can have or change that says this didn't happen to me; it happened for me. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, what do you have in the works currently? Is there anything that you? I mean, I'm sure you've got a lot of things spinning in that mind of yours. But what's something that you're uh, just so passionately excited about doing here in the future? Well, what we're loving, my, my business partner, Kathy Tajanel, and I have something called the Go-Giver Sales Academy, mm-hmm. which is different from my usual speaking at corporate you know, sales and leadership events, which I, I also enjoy. Um, but this is a little different. This is where people come to us, usually either in Orlando, Florida, or South Florida, and we limit them to just 10, uh, 10 people. And it's a two-day, two-full-day event in which we really get to work with people and help them uh, really accelerate their business. And it's, it's not just Kathy and me teaching. It really is more of a mastermindy type of event and people learn from one another. And we are just truly enjoying building that. We, I think we did four of them, uh, in 2016 and, uh, we hope to be doing at least one a month in 2017. So we're very excited about that. That is great. That great cross-pollination of thought with a great guide. Mm. I think that is, <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, where would you like my listeners to just engage more and learn more about you? And um, obviously folks need to go to Amazon and purchase, I would say, all of the Go-Giver stuff. But uh, where, where else would you like them to uh, go to engage and to um, learn more about you? 
they're welcome to visit uh, thegogiver.com. It's without the hyphen, just thegogiver.com. And while they're there, they can, uh, if they'd like, they can check out the Go Giver podcast, uh, the Go Giver Sales Academy. Uh, and if they go to the page where it has my books, they can actually uh, get uh, ec- read excerpts and uh, a chapter of it to see if they like it first. And then they can always click right through to Amazon. Okay. Well, that is wonderful. Well, I do want to say, I mean, this has been a very enriching and uh, inspirational conversation for me, and um, I have learned from you over the years, and and I hope somehow I, you know, uh, our paths will cross again, and I could somehow be of service uh, to your world, and... um, But your time uh, is worth a lot, and I thank you so much for what you've added to my life and to the listeners. Wow, Tim, thank you so much. I appreciate you and all you do. All right, well, you've been listening to another episode of Uphill Conversation. Always remember that you can be more, do more, and have more. Your current conditions do not match your emerging future, and anything worth having is uphill. However, you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. And people like myself and Mr. Bob Berg will see you on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you would like to hear more, subscribe to the show. Go to uphillconversations.co. Later on, Ski.